You are listening to Rouge, White and Blue, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Welcome to the Rouge, White and Blue CFL Podcast. I'm Oz Davis. I'm the co-host of the show. And joining me as always is my co-host, Joe Pritchard. Joe, how you doing this week? Just sitting here thinking back to try to think of a CFL week that I disliked as much as this one. Barring one wonderful game, the other two were pretty much disasters for the week. Wow, really? Okay, Mm -hmm. I'm kind of surprised to hear that. I wanted to say at the top of the show, folks, that aside from my awesome fantasy team, and Joe's even more awesome, far more awesome, Winnipeg Blue Bombers. This episode might be a bit of a litany of losing <laughs> for reasons which will gradually become apparent. But first off, I want to say um, congratulations to me for finally getting a win in the Canadian Football Podcast Network CFL Daily Fantasy Football league um, insert finally, crowd noise here <laughs> crowd noise or tumbleweeds um the uh, finally eked out a win which was great because you know you don't you don't want to go winless you don't want to be the last team going winless who i believe i'm facing this coming week which is uh which is rod right he's winless and i believe i'm facing him this week so you don't want to be that guy now joe I got to apologize to you in terms of fantasy football because I totally jinxed you last week. Uh, Last week, of course, you took your first loss. And this week, you hit that dreaded fantasy football scenario where you put up 100, your team put up 115 points that beat most teams except the guy you were playing this week. That's that's about it. Yep. And so now the USFL Tecmo varsity team coached by Joe here is in second place in points, just three points off the lead. And yet is three and two Two of the leaders, five and oh, there's something crooked about fantasy football, Joe. It's just the way life works, (laughs) but this isn't life. This is fantasy football. (laughs) Even worse. (laughs) I mean, do you feel like the BC lions a little bit? No, no, (laughs) All right. Uh, uh, other than that, I should point out that more losing to report, but but this is a good sign because it means that things are kind of returning to normal in the CFL. Last week, I was two and two in my pick em picks. This week, I was one and two in my pick em picks and oh, and one of my bets. So again, like I say, good things are returning to normal, which is, you know, a great thing in this post COVID era, right? Everybody wants things to return to normal. So it's good that I'm losing a pick them, right, Joe? Yes, it makes me feel like we we may see normal at some point. Okay. Speaking of clairvoyance, I wanted to bring up some, some more bad rouge, white, and blue predictions. Uh, oh, geez. We, don't, we only have an hour. <laughs> okay. Okay. But I just wanted to do one because if you look at the standings table, Right about now, 
it is insane. Now, I believe at the beginning of the year, Joe, that you thought that there would be a lot of parody in this league this year. Uh, some of these numbers from even a very simple perspective are insane. Four teams are anywhere from three to one to five and zero. Oh. The other five teams are a combined three and seventeen. The East is one and eleven against the West. <laughs> not only we're not going to have a crossover. <laughs> the fourth place team in the West at this rate could be what? two games better than the winner of the East. Now, I don't think that mathematically it can work out that way, right? Because of the imbalanced schedule. I don't, I don't know. think that uh, literally I, I could, could tell happen. you what the math, what the math will say, but yeah, it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the odds for a crossover are basically dead because there's no way with, with a 10. Well, game like the, the entire interconference schedule is like in june july and august for the most part there right. might be a a random east west game in september october and such but there ain't much yeah, winnipeg there. montreal right isn't that late again this year august yeah back to yeah. back yeah august first week of august second week of august so yeah relatively late yeah relatively late yes yeah. Because that'll probably be what one of the last East West matchups. Right. And with the East starting as slowly as they have, that's that on the whole idea that the East can get can be competitive with the West this year. Because it's already over four weeks in or what five <laughs> weeks in now? Yeah, five weeks in. That that whole idea is dead because of the way the schedule laid out. Starting as slowly as possible, dude. Like we hinted at last week. These teams are all taking a step backwards. I mean, even now, Ottawa, which we thought wasn't, you know, making a step backwards, unfortunately, has to take a step backward this week. Um, interesting that you brought this up uh, about this was your least favorite week in CFL football in a long time. Because I wanted to ask you this. Um, you write scenarios for the board game for the cold snap uh cfl board game mm -hmm. and uh i was wondering this do you are do you like write like even in your head are you imagining writing the season as it's going no 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 not at all uh there's actually somebody else that does the the current seasons mm -hmm. so i don't even think of it in those terms oh, okay. like maybe as maybe every so often i'll if there's something way out of whack, like a team can't score in the red zone for some reason, uh -huh. Uh -huh. maybe in that scenario, I think right. of, you go, okay, how do I approximate that? How, how would I, <laughs> how would I, how would I deal with that? Right. It, knowing the, knowing the mechanics of the game inside and out, it's like, Oh, I do this, that, and the other thing. But then, right. and then the thought goes away. Cause I, I'm not going to have to write it. Cause somebody else is doing that. Oh yeah. Yeah, sure. I can imagine that, but you know, when I was really into the board games, I used to I used to do that. You know, you'd look at you'd look at a season or whatever, or in baseball, some guy's season, and you'd go, "Hmm, how would I do that up on a card? <laughs> you know, how would I write that up on an Apple card? You know, or a Stratomatic card? You know, that would be a weird one." <laughs> you know, and like and like, so I was I was just wondering that idly uh, when I was going over these games to ask you. In any case, let's get to. Uh, what Joe deemed a bad week in games. Uh, we open with 
Calgary Stampeders 49, Edmonton Elks 6. And let's start with the litany of losing here, but a little bit of litany of winning as well. Uh, you, you ready to do the sound effect again, Joe? This worked really well last week. So here we go. Here's another brief episode of Adventures, Adventures in Gambling. gambling. <laughs> right. So this one's really easy. So the final score was, of course, Calgary Stampeders 49 to 6. The short story, the over-under on this game was 51 and a half. <laughs> and I had the under. Now, I love betting the under. Betting the under is a lot of fun, okay? But you've got to have a certain amount of masochism, right? And it's also interesting because the way that you, especially if you don't have a pony in the race in the game, uh, the way that you watch the game and cheer during the game completely changes, okay? For example, uh, defensive pass interference completely disappears, Right. You never believe defensive pass interference. No way should they advance. No way. He was not all over that guy. Come on now. Never, never get that. Your favorite player is the punter. Right? Love seeing that punter. Come on. Right? Punter is good. Punt that ball. Put him back deep again. And the craziest thing is garbage time. Right. Where everybody who took the underdog plus the points and all the fantasy players are loving garbage time. People who take the under hate garbage time. <laughs> it's the worst part of the game. And if it's a blowout like this, you're still on the edge of your seat, right? You're going, no, don't score. Now, the thing was, the difference in this game with the under, this was a great game to bet the under because I thought I had it all the way <laughs> until like the Elks just couldn't stop anything. Jesus. But the real difference in this game for the under, and I would guess for a few fantasy football teams, was the defensive touchdown, right? Was the, was the interception return for a touchdown. The MOP of fantasy football this week was Calgary defense, right? 29 fantasy points for a defense. I love scoring a lot of points with a fantasy defense. That's and what put me over three the top. To th three to 4,000 points players basically and right they, could, they were they the can lowest do everything defense. they could do everything from negative like five or what have you if they're just awful to 29 points yeah to something like Maybe this. even more yeah 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 I, I tend to favor defense anyway but to just see him put up a number like this and they were the least expensive defense i think they were tied with edmonton you know, which is insane. I, yeah, I it's usually would... like three or four teams are at 32, and then right. everybody else is like incrementally higher. Right. But there was only uh, six teams this past week, so I think there was only two teams at that 3,200 tier. I'm not like, what? They got them at the bottom. I'll take them. <laughs> Glad I did. Uh, so that was really the difference in this game. Now, before we talk, I guess, a little bit about this game, don't need to talk about it too much, but I was thinking about this the other day. Now, again, if you don't have a pony in the race, is there not something interesting about the blowout, especially the massive blowout like this one? I mean, isn't it fun to see a team score 49 points? Sure. I mean, if you, if you don't need to stay up through a couple of rain delays to do it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That, incidentally, 
that was another reason why I thought I had the under nailed too. It's like they went into that rain delay of the third quarter. I'm like, oh yeah, everybody. They're comes just out gonna this call flat. this game. Yeah, everybody's gonna come out of this flat. They're just gonna run out the clock. They'll probably have running clock. <laughs> no, nope. I mean, really, I can describe my how uh, how I watched the game in like a couple of lines. Okay. Hey, look, Trey Ford. Trey Ford did a really exciting thing. Trey Ford is now being carried to, to the sideline and he's heading to the locker room. And well, so much for having fun on Thursday night. Yeah. Right. Okay. I can, I can see where that is too. I mean, most of these things I'm usually watching on uh, delay anyway. Wit. Well, we'll talk about that in a minute, but um, okay. So yeah. Other than that, pretty much all stamps, right. Uh, Kadeem Carey. Did you have him on? Your fantasy team. This I week did, yeah. and I had Bo, and I had. Oh, nice. I also had. I had Mitchell. I had uh, Kamar Jordan. I just had the wrong Sam's receiver. That's why I lost. Yeah, it was because <laughs> we because because I would say me and my opponent uh, Zach from Bonfire had like four or five out of the seven exact same players. Yeah, he had Henry. I had. Jordan that was that was the yeah. entire game right there yeah right I mean it was pretty tough to miss with any stamps we talked about the defense Bo Livy yeah and, and, and in a vacuum Jordan had a perfectly fine performance oh yeah sure but not against Henry sure nope nope uh but you know again viable fantasy player uh even Tommy Stevens right comes in scores a touchdown you know and in fact he had I did want to point this out I did want to point this out is that, yeah, okay, the big flashy play was, wait a second, do I have this right? Yeah, the big flashy play was the Malik Henry play, right, the 89-yarder, right? But really, for me, I mean, it's hard to say the key part of the 49-6 of the game, but for me, I could tell that the Elks were really in trouble when 8-3, to three, third and three from their own 18 and they send him in there they send in stevens and he just does that little three yard slip off the off slip off the tackle and just bam like even more it was like three and a half yards and i mean just got it and then i was just oh man (laughs) that's it they should not have let that up and then it was and then pretty soon after that it was 15 to three so I, uh, for me, that was, that was really one of those nice, like missing forgotten plays, right? One of those plays that you don't get in the highlight reel that really made the game. And, uh, again, like I say, Stevens was worth at least like seven points for you on fantasy for, for four carries. So like we were talking about recently on the show, everybody scored on the stamps. Uh, like Joe said, Trey Ford left the game early. Uh, ended up with only three pass attempts. Yes, I guess and he's how on the many, one game list. Yes, yep. and how so. many casual fans are tuning in to see Edmonton at Montreal on a Thursday night? I'm talking about the casuals. I'm a hardcore. I'm going to do it no matter what, right? But the but you think a few more casual fans might tune in if they had Trey Ford to watch? And I'm not even talking about the Canadian angle at this point. I'm just talking about he's an exciting player to watch and he's fun to watch yeah. and not having him for whether it's one week to three or four weeks 
not having him around isn't going to help anybody. Yeah, it was it was amazing. The uh, the the air just completely went out, <laughs> just completely went out of the stadium uh, after that. You know, it's just like nothing, nothing, just totally gone. So, um, yep, nice blowout win for Calgary. How uh, Calgary's in the West? How afraid are you, Joe, at this point? We could talk about that in our preview in our preview next week. Okay, we will do so. All right, let's go on. Of course, the second game of the week: Saskatchewan Rough Riders twenty-eight, Ottawa Blacks thirteen. Probably at this point, by the time this thing is released, like the day of the first game of the next week, everybody will have done this to death. Uh, everybody, of course, is talking about the hit uh, from Garrett Garrett Marino on Jeremiah Mazzoli. Um, now I had speaking of litany of losing, I had a bit of an issue this week. I don't know what's going on with my ESPN plus, but a couple of these games were unavailable to me. So I've had to experience this whole situation through vi- news videos or highlight clips, whatever, um, kind of the, uh, the Superman tackle, right? The old parallel to the ground tackle at the shins all right don't know if it's worth discussing whether it's a late hit or not <laughs> you know the attempt was clearly to um hurt uh you always got to do dis- this disclaimer i'm not a doctor but just looking at the way the leg stiffened i was wondering if maybe here's a hyperextension of the knee kind of thing going on in any case mazzoli had to be carried off um, did not leave the field on his own steam. He'll be out for an indefinite amount of time. We don't know. 10 to 12, and there is a bone issue, and that's about as far as we know right now. Yeah. So essentially for the season, and uh, by the end of the game, well, I shouldn't say by the end of the game, uh, What what's the upshot of this? On Monday, the CFL slapped Marino with three different suspensions totaling a league record for games said some news piece think on the official site a burrito was banned two games for the hit on Mazzoli another for a verbal comment about the quarterback hair quarterbacks heritage okay racial epithet guys you can say it and one game for an illegal tackle on a previous play in the game okay now they said uh, in all the news reports they said that this was a four game suspension and that this was a record for the CFL. And this blew me away, actually. Not the suspension, but the fact that four games is a record in this. That's really? Wow. And this dude only got four games? I mean, this is some, like, this is beyond major league taunting here. This is, like, really some evil stuff. And you could see, like, like, you know, the posing after the hit, you could see that even his own teammates <laughs> were just like, they're, they're totally giving him the cold shoulder and whatnot, going, damn, you're, you know, you're a psychopath, basically, cheering the thing after he got ejected, like he's some kind of heel wrestler, you know, in a WWE or something. Um. Is four games enough, Joe? I mean, like, what's what's your take on this? Uh, no, just flat out. 
I will say that the CFL in and the CFLPA and the CBA limits suspensions for on-field conduct mm. to two games per incident. So that's why you're talking about something in the range we're talking about. He got the max suspension on the Mazzoli hit. He did not get the max suspension on going after the Ottawa offensive lineman that had just injured a teammate right. of his with a reckless hit. Right. And let's make and and let's and just remember, there's a distinction between playing on the edge and going over the edge and being reckless from time to time to having clear intent. Mm-hmm. And the the suspension is obviously for the intent on this because uh, he went right after that offensive lineman's knees on the next play mm-hmm. when the offensive lineman wasn't even in the play. Mm-hmm. He was clearly targeting him. Mm-hmm. And then the one game also for whatever you want to call it, the, the racial, the racial slur, racial epithet, whatever you want to call it. That wasn't enough. I'll be very clear about that because in the CBA, you can have two games for an on-field incident. And this was an on-field incident. Mm -hmm. So for a league that likes to, that likes to talk about how, progressive they are uh, on the side of diversity to not hit a player with a max suspension on it for an on-field for an on-field incident for something like that has a lot of people asking questions about it i can't do this i can't do that topic justice but i can tell you who did uh one of our one of our one of our colleagues our two of our colleagues uh, in the Canadian Football Podcast Network, uh, Shrides and Ottawa J over at uh, the Mouchoir right. Red Blacks podcast, okay. blew me away with it. I listened to it. Okay. I listened to what they had to say about this twice. They spent about twenty five minutes on the incident. I can't do it justice. Okay. Go listen to them. We'll 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 wait. You can hit pause. We'll <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead and li- go ahead and find them if you haven't already listen to what they had to say they do it better than i can okay i don't know if if you need to pause this podcast or anything uh this <laughs> the mouchoir podcast the mouchoir uh red blacks podcast um you find that in the canadian football podcast network wherever you get your podcast etc should be evergreen for a few more weeks right i mean the incident will be fresh for a few more weeks especially for ottawa who had to trade for new quarterback and now it's got to play somebody uh, new next week and probably the week after that. Uh, I just wanted to say real quick, I'm not a huge fan at all of drug testing, but whenever I see something like this, the first thing I think is steroids. You know, the first thing I think is roid rage. Yeah. Uh, really? And here's, the, and here's the other thing. Our buddy Scott Adamson from Birmingham watches UAB football. Right. He's a UAB guy. Right. Garrett Marino is a UAB yep. alum. Right. And Scott Adamson has let us know via video, via video, go look him up on Twitter too, that Marina was doing these kind of things in college too. This mm-hmm. is not a new thing for him. This is, mm-hmm. he also was ejected last year in the Banjo Bowl. Mm-hmm. This is not a new, this wow. is not a new subject for him. Wow. The, as far as we know, at least at the time, the racial epithets are a new thing uh, as being reported but the conduct of 
playing well above the edge and intending to injure people has been around for quite a while. So we'll leave it to the league and its teams to see what happens the next time his contract comes up, whether he comes back or not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not a situation where you can go, Oh, look at the NFL. They do a superior job because they certainly do not. What often happens to these guys is they'll get, you know, what basically is a slap on the wrist, but after that they become essentially pariahs. Uh, Richie Incognito is a perfect example of this. Couldn't land with the team for years, and then after that, mostly rode the bench. You know, just because you know he went off and was a racial dickhead. You know, <laughs> excuse my French, everybody. I should say, excuse my Anglo-Saxon, everybody. Uh, but I mean, I can certainly imagine that happening to this dude. It's not like defensive linemen are intensely difficult to find. It's certainly not you know, defensive lineman with a sociopathic streak. Can't be that difficult to find them. So I don't see much for Garrett Marino's future, you know, four game suspension or no, but we'll see. We'll see how the riders can handle this going forward. Um, And just a reminder that the commissioner does have the power to not allow a player to not register a contract. A player has signed with another team. Right. So that is on the table as an right. option should this continue to be the path he goes down. Right. Now I've heard I've heard some I've heard some fans say that hey uh, the right the writers aren't going to cut him because the the moment they the moment they cut him he's going to be with Chris Jones and Edmonton. It's not necessarily true. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, again, it depends on the pariah effect. You know, I, I don't believe that that or even Chris how or how much the league wants to make an example out of him. Yeah. This is true. But I mean, I can't believe that. I mean, I know that there are some teams that would not pick him up. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you know, because of that stuff. So and I, I've heard from quite a few Winnipeg Ottawa. fans crowing about the fact that he wouldn't fit the Winnipeg culture. I hope that's right. true. There I will go. just say that. I hope that's true. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, the result of this was that uh, Nick Arbuckle <clears throat> goes to Ottawa. Now, you like to talk about Kevin Glenn on this show. Here's a dude, four teams, four seasons. Is, Cle- is Kevin Glenn standing in doubt, Joe? No. <laughs> Here's why. <laughs> okay. So Kevin Glenn spent was a backup in Saskatchewan and they weren't going to be able to keep him after his contract was over. So they traded him to Toronto who then turned around and traded him to Winnipeg. So that's three teams, but then he started in Winnipeg for four years, okay. proved he could start in the league okay. and then kept being, and kept finding either starting jobs or insurance basically being, a backup to a star right? and then yeah. stepping in for said star when they got hurt. Right. So Nick Arbuckle needs to find a, find a home for a few years and show he can start in the league before he oh. has the chance to hit all nine. Oh yeah. No, I was just, I was just thinking in terms of how quickly can he cycle the league? Sure. 
<laughs> but he does need to he does need to prove it at this point. He had really what he's what he's uh, still what he's still working with is he was a good backup to Bo Levi Mitchell in 2019. That's not gonna last. That's not going to keep giving him opportunities much beyond this season. Mm. Yes, yes, this is true. This is true. Yeah, you can't he live just, on that. He he hasn't been in good situation since, unfortunately for him. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Although, although, you know, this performance uh, against, yeah, you know, this this performance here against Saskatchewan is not not one for the ages. Uh, no matter who your team is. Um, Ottawa Red, uh, the last game of the week was Winnipeg Blue Bombers 43 at BC Lions 22. Now, I hope your guys didn't scare away the fans that have been coming out in Vancouver, Joe. I sure hope not either. (laughs) Uh, As odd as it may sound, though, there were some signs of life from BC. Oh, they weren't bad at all. No, no. Winnipeg, Winnipeg had Winnipeg was on fire in the first quarter. For the rest of the game, BC kept counterpunching, but they had fallen into too deep of a hole to make it to make it matter. Yep. But they kept they kept making big play after big play. They are very clearly a big play team on offense. And they oh, have yeah. the ability oh, to do that to anybody. The three big plays against Winnipeg's defense. I mean, if they could do it to Winnipeg, they could do it to anybody. Yep. So they showed that there was something there that was more than just a flash. They've got something sustainable. They just didn't have. They just didn't come out in the first quarter the right way. Mm-hmm. And Winnipeg, and Winnipeg is too veteran of a team to let you get away with a slow start. They're mm-hmm. gonna bury. They're gonna bury every mistake you make. And BC made too many of them early in the game. BC did put up twenty-two points in the last three quarters. Now there was a little bit of you know foot off the pedal there. I don't think too too much because again, like BC plays with. A lot of energy. This this is this is a high octane team, and there was the question of the first, uh, the opening kickoff return for a touchdown, right? So, mm-hmm. it's if if a twenty one point loss can be considered not that bad, this was not that bad. Um, the thing about Nathan Rourke is, and I think I may have m- mentioned this last week. You know, he threw that pick early in the first quarter, which was a real kind of body blow to the lions early kind of like the the allowing the three yard gain to calgary that edmonton did again and this it was, was a, and it was also a lesson right nobody but, drops their defensive ends into coverage like winnipeg does yeah that was so winnipeg was able to steal one right off the hop by showing him something he hadn't seen much before yeah that was but he'll take chances he'll take chances he'll, he'll gamble for the big play he will. And he's um, got the receiving cord that'll make that right. stick too. Right. Like he'll he'll throw an outrageous interception once in a while, but but then he throws that, you know, 66 yard pass. So um so yeah, we're gonna wait until next week on BC. Now, Joe, I just wanted to ask you, I, I'm sure you don't know anybody personally there, but didn't the bombers get the memo that says they're due for a loss? That if they did, they probably they probably laughed at it and burned it and tossed it into <laughs> tossed it in the fire pit. They're laughing at mathematics. Come on, they're <laughs> they're laughing at probability. 
next. Yeah. I mean, they're overdue. They've only won two championships in 30 years. They need to win three so that, you know, one in every 10 years. Maybe we even win a, win a fourth for good measure. That'd be fine. I don't know, man. You're pushing your luck. You're pushing your luck. The lightning fell just short this year of the three peat. The three peat so. is not easy. The three peat is not easy. I'm Especially. Not gonna I'm not going to say it is. That was their best overall effort this year. Oh, they yeah. Very oh, clearly yeah, reminded, uh, reminded everybody that even, in, even when they don't look great, they're still there. It kind it. I've been saying this all season. They're reminding me of the Calgary teams that went fifteen and two, or you know, fourteen and four, where there'd be a couple weeks in a row where they're barely getting by opponents that they should have put away a lot sooner, and then they face somebody that's up here and makes it look like makes it look like child's play sometimes. Now, there's no evidence to suggest this. But do you have any feeling that maybe this was a peak, this game? No, I don't really see any reason why. Yeah, there's no rational reason to believe it, right? There's no numbers to suggest it uh, other than the fact that they're 0-0 against Calgary this year. Um, uh, other, other than that, uh, but but I don't know. You 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 wonder when... I mean, like, how excellent can they be? <laughs> yeah, how, we know how, our friend Ryan likes to protect eighteen and over over right? Calgary. He, right? he's, he's still on the money this year. They're so still on pace, know. right? Right. All they have to do is make sure the rest of the games are scheduled against the East. They're good. Well, of course, that would make it easy. <laughs> that would that would almost guarantee the eighteen game schedule. Let me call up. Let's talk some next week's games. Uh, I'm trying to call up the lines from the sports book here, which are all out now. They were yesterday. Okay, so we open the week with, of course, because we always seem to open the week at Edmonton. The Edmonton Elks, who are wow. Oh my God. The Edmonton Elks are now nine point underdogs at Montreal. I mean, literally, like two hours ago, this was seven. So. Wow, either there's a lot of money coming in on Montreal or somebody has. <laughs> Wait, who is Edmonton starting this week? Taylor Cornelius. Caleb Cornelius. The book has no confidence in Cornelius. I don't know. Nine points is a lot. I won't be betting on this game. I will say Montreal will win this one after the bye with the new coach. Uh, but nine points is a lot. I don't think I would. I don't think I would give those nine points. What do you got here, Joe? I think I'm with you. I got Montreal winning here. Yeah. There's a home team coming off a bye. Edmonton's on. How many quarterbacks at this point? And we're in week six. This is at. We l- know that Chris. Is five. We, we've been saying, yeah, we've been saying all season long that Chris Jones is going to be shuffling the deck and trying to find his guys. I just don't think we quite imagined it being this much shuffling at the quarterback position this early. Of course, well, some of that's due to injuries right. or clearly they did not feel our was a fit, even though they kept him through training camp 
and even had him start a few games, but they just that that it just didn't seem like that was going to be that was going to be a, a fit, and they finally just ended that charade all already. Yeah, well, they've got they they got a long way to go. Uh, well, Montreal Montreal does too, but they're at least you can see the semblance of what they what they were supposed to be. I guess, except now now it's a reset for Montreal, right? Sure. New coach. They, a new coach is going to want to do new stuff right off the bat, I'm mm-hmm. thinking. And, you know, we've still got a bunch of our key players on the, uh, I don't know, the IR, <laughs> let's call yeah. it. You know, we still got a bunch of our players out. So, you know, I don't know if, I don't know if what we see in week six is the 2022 Montreal Alouettes. You know, I don't know. I, I doubt it. I doubt it. But I do think fresh fresh coach, fresh game plan is going to be enough to surprise Edmonton. So. Right. And it's not like Trevor Harrison is still there. He can. He's always shown the knack for beating the teams he's supposed to beat. Mm-hmm. The over-under on that one's 49. That might be tempting. All right. Game two. Wow. Here it is. Here's the game of the week. Well, potentially, probably. Calgary this week's Ste- game of the century. Yes, game of the <laughs> game of the millennium. All right. So, uh, Calgary Stampeders at Winnipeg. What, would you like to guess this line, Joe? What, what do you think here? Winnipeg three point favorites. Okay. An hour ago they were three point five. Now they're four. Four point favorites. Uh, I think I'm gonna be the contrarian here. I'm gonna be impressed by those 49 points uh, Calgary scored, and I'm gonna take Calgary in this game. I'm not taking. I'm not. I'm not gonna try to find any sort of rationale against <laughs> Winnipeg winning until they show me that they're capable of losing a game that matters. You did choose that you went against them last week. I did. And then they were just like, oh, everybody thinks we're going to lose. That's well, right. Yeah. Here's 21 points in the first quarter. <laughs> Go stick that somewhere where the sun doesn't shine. Nobody, nobody believes in us. Okay. So the book would put this at about, let me crunch the numbers really quick. So the book thinks this is going to be about a 26 to 22 game. And that seems right on target. You think so? Yeah. You think so? And this isn't going to be an easy game for either side. They're both well-coached. They both have a lot of talent. They probably split this uh, split in in over what? They played the next two of the next three weeks. Like, rationally, I think they split home and home. But. Okay. That's fair Winnipeg, enough. Right. Winnipeg's the defending champs. Two-time defending champs. I do think they have a little bit more talent. I do think their their off their offense has finally found their flavor, should we say? Vanilla tastes pretty good to me, doesn't it? <laughs> so, I, I, at this point, until I see otherwise, it's going to be Winnipeg. Okay, but all right. I guess the one question I would have then, and this is only about. Mm, 70% because I really dig betting the under. Don't you think these defenses are better than these offenses? Maybe, but the defenses are going to put the offenses in positions to score points. 
Okay. All right. All right. So right around 20. I don't think you're going to see a ton of 95 yard drives in this game. Mm -hmm. Uh, Both offenses are going to make a couple of mistakes because they're good and they're not going to just give the ball up left and right. Mm -hmm. But both defenses are good enough to make, and, and the other offenses are also good enough to make it stick too. That when you do make a mistake, you're going to pay for it. It's been the hallmark of Calgary for a decade. Winnipeg's picked up that trend over the past four or five years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be the question. It's simply going to be the question of who executes better and who makes fewer mistakes. I don't think either side is going to outcoach the other. It's going to be it's going to be about as tight these two out two in the next three weeks when they play each other. These are going to be tight battles. They're going to be okay, very now, well played. Okay, now 26-22, the mm-hmm. two best teams in the league. This would be a good game, right, Joe? I mean, if you're not tuning into this game, why are you listening to us? Okay, <laughs> right. Now, fair enough. You got you, you got plans that night. Your wife's taking you somewhere. What <laughs> I understand that. But, like, if you had a choice in the matter and you're a CFL fan and you're going to choose not to watch this game, I don't understand. And if you want to roll the dice, which has worked like 98% of the time and assume that ESPN plus works, you could just record it and watch it later. Fingers or just crossed. watch it live because why wait? Well, <laughs> if you can, if you, that's what I'm saying, but you're going out with the wife, Joe, you know, you're going out to, you know, you got to do something with the lady, you know, so you're not, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta watch it on ESPN plus, which hopefully works. Or if you're in Canada, you could just watch it on TSN. They have all the games, too. Right. Saskatchewan Rough Riders is the next game at Toronto Argonauts. The Argonauts are just two-and-a-half-point underdogs. Not sure what's motivating this line here. Probably not trusting the Riders, but are we really trusting the Argonauts? Uh, I'm going to pull. What am I going to do here, Joe? I'm going to do the opposite of Joe. Joe, who do you got here? Oh, you are? Yep. Well, let's see. What did I feel like yesterday <laughs> when I made my pick? Damn. I've got Saskatchewan in this. Okay. I don't feel good about it. Okay. I really don't. Like this one, I could have. This one, on Monday, I might have picked the Argos. Yesterday, I clearly picked the Riders because I always went and checked my pick. So I'm just going to leave it at that. But I. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like the riders are good enough to make you to, to beat teams that they're better than. Okay. Yeah. And they're better than the East right now. So that's where I'm going with that. Okay. I All don't, right. they have the, let's talk here, here. So a positive is that the running game is working well for them. They seem okay. to be, they seem to be, they got, they got Morrow. He's been doing well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what is it Hickson I believe came out mm-hmm. last week and put up 90 yards on a couple on uh, mm-hmm. like five carries or something like that yep yep they can move the ball on the ground that's that'll be that'll help compliment Cody keep him upright keep him keep that uh keep that injured knee from having to scramble too much it that's the one that's that's the thing that kind of has me wavering a bit though is Toronto's defensive line is pretty good and if they get to Cody too much, that's the end of that. Mm-hmm. Montreal was getting to Cody. E- even in the game that 
Saskatchewan won. Montreal was getting to Cody quite often. Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they did hit him. Um, they had a nice game, actually, in that game, the, the pass rush for Montreal. Uh, the uh, Okay, so how do you think the loss of Marino hurts the riders here? Is that a factor? Is and is the distraction a factor as well? I mean, it's it's hard for folks like us to say, but do you think? I don't think so. Okay. I think lining up without him over the next couple of weeks is going to quiet things down. He's not going to be front and center. This well, that's true. Like this wave of everybody talking through this week is going to be talking about Reno, talking about all that. Next week, we're not talking about him. Yeah. The week after, we're not talking about him. The week after that, we're not talking about him. We're probably talking about him again in August, and right. then it might become a distraction. When he comes back. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But if they're well coached and they're veteran enough, they're not thinking about that this week. They plugged in the next man up and they're going to move forward. Now, okay. I have some questions about. Um, how, how, about how that locker room is and and the culture and such, but that's not something I can answer. I can't be in there. I can't see right. it. Sure, I'm going to trust that the coaching staff, the front office, knows how to handle the situation, even though the coach has also made some rather unfortunate comments. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to make the assumption though that he's got a control of his team and can get them to move forward for the time being until Marino comes back and we have another wave of this. Yeah, I don't think Marino has too many allies uh, on that team, so it shouldn't be that big a deal, at least in terms of this incident. So I guess it shouldn't be that big a deal. I guess I'm just going to go Toronto and uh, assuming that the number is going to balance out because one in 11 is just ridiculous. East against the West. That's just preposterous. I mean, they got to win one of these games, right? This, this divide on the table cannot stand. At least we know one Eastern team will win this week. And let me say this about, are you sure? There yes. could be a tie. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I'm about to I'm about to do the rant here. So Ottawa Red Blacks are seven point underdogs at Hamilton. All right. Hamilton Tiger Cats. You have no zero more excuses. If you can't win this game, I mean, who have we got for Ottawa? We've got uh transitional quarterback Caleb Evans. Is the quarterback this week for Ottawa? You're at home. You're off the bye week. If you can't put up at least two sacks, two turnovers, and win this game by what seven and then some, geez, forfeit the rest of your games so my Alouettes can have a few extra wins. Okay, seriously, that might be your best chance. Yes, I'll take. <laughs> Damn, thanks a lot. You, 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 mister. Yeah, they're getting a fresh start now. All right. 
<laughs> I'll take the friggin' Tiger Cats minus the points. I might even bet this one because this is absolutely preposterous. They've got to win this game by double figures. Well, just, just as long as they don't go up like 21 and a half or something like that and have the whole <laughs> second half to blow the lead, right? <laughs> I guess that's I guess that's the strategy, right? Don't get it, out to an awesome with, lead. Keep it keep it within ten points, and, right. and the, then let's see how that goes. Win on a turnover in the snow on the last play of the game. <laughs> might that's be a, a might be a difficult strategy to pull off, a bold damn, one, but a damn. difficult strategy to pull off in July. <laughs> I know we're talking about Canada here, but we're also talking about July. So come on now. Yeah, it is. It is July in the era of global warming. I realize <laughs> in any case, I do think the Ticats can cover the seven here. I mean, honestly, come on, guys. You're playing a team that scores like one touchdown every three games here. Let's go. Tiger Cats. Joe, what do you got? I got the same. Okay. It's just. Unfortunate to see Ottawa, Ottawa's season basically yeah. redlining on something that wasn't even their fault. Right, right, yeah. Just, I mean, <laughs> after last season, in which the team that Ottawa fielded was, especially during the first half of the season, just awful. Just. I, I don't want to say a travesty because it's not like they were bad. I mean, it was just like a roster of limited talent and resources. But this year, they're just getting slapped in the face at every opportunity. And again, it looks like from the outside, I mean, like 10 years from now, when you're playing the cold snap version of the season, it, you're not going to be able to tell the difference between these two seasons because it looks like it's the same team and the kicking game has been awesome both years. And that's it. <laughs> you know, if you just look at the numbers and, and the results and stuff, which is a shame because this team is well better than last year. And it's kind of like we were talking about before this show about how favorable this schedule has been to Winnipeg. Well, I mean, Ottawa has been basically the bizarro Winnipeg this season. They even had to start by playing them twice, <laughs> you know? So uh, aside from circumstance, the schedule has also been against Ottawa this season. Too. Yeah. At Winnipeg, home against Winnipeg, home against BC, and then home and then at Saskatchewan and then at, at Hamilton. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So sorry, I hate, to tell, you this. Sorry, I hate to tell you this, but next week's they're probably their best chance at their first win. <laughs> Any guesses as to who they might be hosting next week? I think it's that team with a new head coach, right? Yeah. <laughs> and who knows, by then maybe Ottawa has a new one too. <laughs> and maybe a new quarterback. I actually, kind of, well, I kind of don't expect that, but. Okay, let me ask you this. The way who the East season's been going? What? <laughs> well, who do you expect? <laughs> Nice. Like, here I am coming to you for predictions, Joe. Who do you expect to be the starting quarterback in Ottawa in week seven? Is it going to be Evans? 
Or is it going to be Arbuckle? It's a Thursday game. I guess. Yeah. Arbuckle's already in camp and working at it. I think it's really going to depend on two factors. One, does, does Evans have a decent game? Right. Or is it a rough game? Because if he plays decently, he might get a second week to let Arbuckle get involved in the system. If it's a dumpster fire, they're going to go to Arbuckle as fast as humanly possible. Wow. So root for not dumpster fire <laughs> if you're an Alouettes fan. <laughs> if you're in the Evans family, <laughs> cheer for not a dumpster fire, but Hamilton's still going to win by at least seven points. Okay, but just not a dumpster fire. Right. Okay. Um, anything else, Joe? What can I mean? Will it? Are are you unforgiving toward the CFL for what you consider to be such a horrible week? I mean, what will it take you to forget week five? A few weeks for sure. Really? Um, wow. Like, and it wasn't even the play on the field. I mean the loss of Trey Ford for a few weeks. It's an exciting and fun player to watch. Right. The fact that it's been like a week, uh, like a, a half a week of just nastiness coming from what happened in, Saskatch- in Saskatchewan. That's not going to go, that, that, that feeling's not going to go away anytime soon. Just the idea that they didn't, put in a max penalty for something that we as a society don't accept anymore. And the CFL takes strides to say, Hey, we, we believe this. And then they don't seem to show it when, when it comes to their discipline, a lot of people are questioning the diversity of strength initiative because of that. Now, and this is difficult, but we're human. We're not perfect. We, as a people, the CFL as a league, are going to make mistakes. They're not going to do the right thing every time. But this is a particularly difficult one to have made a mistake on, or at least appear to have made a mistake on, because it's a subject that's so... It's difficult to talk about because it's so important. See, that's interesting that you say that, because I feel like as Americans, it's not difficult to talk about, you know, because this stuff happens all the time in the NFL, in college football, in, you know, whatever, baseball. Sure, but we know, what those, we know what those are. Well, they, okay. they, they, they sometimes will put a slogan on the field talking about, how they want society to change for the better, but they don't follow through with that whatsoever. And you, mm-hmm. and you know it. The CFL has tried, has made strides, has done that. I feel like they tripped and fell on their face this week about it. Wow. I'd like hey. to see them get back up, keep moving forward and keep making strides to doing the right thing. But I'm going to want to. I'm going to want to see those steps start to be taken before I feel as good about it as I have. And again, 
I do want to point you to the Mushwar podcast for okay yep. better discussion yep. on this Good topic reminder. because I don't feel honestly I don't feel qualified talking about it. I don't feel like I'm the person that should be talking about it, but it's important to me. Hmm. And I've been spending this hour trying to have some fun, but like feeling like there's been a cloud over it. Wow. Oh, oh come maybe on, I, maybe come I on, take Joe. things too seriously like this, but maybe, um, I, maybe I don't take them seriously enough either. Well, no, I think you're giving it the right amount of seriousness, Joe. But, you know, on the other hand, I mean, again, like, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to sound callous, but you could have a bit of a thicker skin to this stuff. I mean, you know, again, it's like this happens in the States all the time. And I don't want to I don't want to be numb to it. But I think really, I mean, it, for me, it's really not that tough. The league should have suspended him probably forever, at least through the end of the season, period, period. And then make the players' union fight it, you know? But you should at least make the effort, you know? What, what worries or, me? Or use the mechanism you've used in the past where you put pressure on the team to make the change and then don't register. Oh, right. Yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. That's, that's something that wouldn't break the CBA. Well, what's really scary, Joe, and they do this in American football all the time, is what if they, and they just did this in the CFL, what if they decide to roll back some of this? <laughs> you know, what if two weeks from that, they go, oh, okay, all is forgiven. You know, I mean, they just did this earlier this year. I mean, like, like, what if they just roll back part of the punishment? To me, that would be a major screw up. I mean, mm-hmm. to me, I feel like this is like a a minor screw up. You it, know, it, I, it's I, minor, but it's on a major subject. So that makes that's it true. Feel, it that's, makes it feel like I, all they could have done. Fair enough. Really, all they could have done within the realm of the CBA, if they're not going to force Saskatchewan to move on. And they're going to basically blanket ban him from the league. If they're not going to do that, then they needed to put two next to the racial comments. They needed to put the number two next to that because that's the maximum they could have done. Mm-hmm. And at least at that point, then they could have said, this is all we legally can do, yep. but we're going to do it because it's this important to us. Well, well, they could have put two on the on the lineman hit too, and six games would have been yeah. would have felt better than four. I like the fact that it's the biggest punishment they've ever given out. I'll give them points for that. I just feel well, like yeah, it could have been better. That, except that, look, four is insane because four four is what the NFL gives for the hardcore stuff, and they only play sixteen games, or they 17. did until recently. <laughs> That's the thing is that they should right until recently. That's the thing is that they could have scaled this as well and thrown on an extra game because Jesus, you know, I mean, you know, a, a lot of us Americans look up to Canada <laughs> figuratively and literally for like being a bit more of a decent nation than we are a lot of the time, you know, it's like, damn, they could have been a little bit harsher than, the NFL is in this case, but 
you know, on the other hand, I think I, I get the feeling that this ecosystem is going to take care of itself on this one. I just get the feeling. Um, before we, we, you know, totally crash and burn on a bummer here, we did forget to mention, I just wanted to point this out, that the Argos Riders game is going to be in Nova Scotia. Right, we even talk about that. Right. So I'm hoping that. next year. I'm hoping next year it's Bombers Argos, because my wife loves Maine. Cool. We'd love to knock off a province or two oh, on our man. travels. I mean, wow. it's 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 on the table that we go to Touchdown Atlantic at some point. I'd just love it to be the Bombers instead of some other team. Uh huh. Nova Scotia. Wow. That would be, wouldn't that be just perfect at this time of year? That would be great. Wow. I got to think about that. All right. And, and that's where know- my mind would have normally been too this week. It would be, hmm, what kind of exotic <laughs> trips can I plan that right. Canada football and not pissing off my wife? <laughs> <laughs> and it hadn't crossed my mind for three days that they're going to be in. <laughs> I've seen it go across on Twitter, kind of like mentally noted it and just moved on, not even thought about it otherwise. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, so just wanted to give a shout out because we love these, we love the Atlantic games. And uh, someday you'll have a team, Nova Scotia, let's hope. Fingers crossed. Note of optimism. Joe, you got any, you got any last words? Come on, give it, give us something positive. You're the optimist. Give us give something, us something positive. I yeah, guess want to see what the, what the best of the CFL is going to be Friday night. Good. Let's go watch Good. some football kind of put last week behind us and move on. Yeah. And hopefully move on in the right direction. Yeah. Winnipeg, Calgary. Excellent. Right. Okay. For the Rouge, White, and Blue CFL podcast, I'm Oz Davis for my co-host, Joe Pritchard. We are out of here until next week. Enjoy the games. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.